There is the Catholic school board. There is the public school board here. There is, Thunder, again, Thunder Bay is four hours. So when people are ready to go uh, graduate from high school, they go to Thunder Bay, which is four hours. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back to another awesome episode. We've got two great guests today, Michael Sweeney and Andrea Roman, who are investors in the far north, probably the furthest north that I've interviewed, I think, in a while, at least in the last three years. They are out north of Thunder Bay. They're investing in CU Lookouts and some places like that. And it's about four hours north of Thunder Bay. And some of their portfolio cash flow properties ROIs are absolutely amazing. I mean, look, there's opportunity in every single market and uh, they are just very genuine and, uh, and folks who want to give back and share information and knowledge. And so I hope you guys enjoy the podcast with uh, Andrea and Michael. On a side note, we have my private chef. So I have a chef in Oakville and I have a chef in Peterborough. So my chef that does all of my food for the cottage when I'm up there is um, it's like a nice gourmet chef, like amazing food. So he is going to be doing all the catering for our retreat, August 9th, 10th, and 11th. Spaces are filling up quickly, but it's going to be all inclusive. And this is not going to be your, your typical meals. This is going to be, you know, nice gourmet food during our retreat. We've got some speakers that we are announcing soon as well. If you have not booked your ticket, send me a message. At this point, my Instagram has been hacked. I'm hoping to get it back. You know, actually, it's a horrible story on that. You know, I have that two-step authorization or, or the process, essentially, so that people can't hack too easily. But you know what they did? They ended up flagging my account a bunch of times with a bunch of accounts, and Instagram just removed it. And then they sent me this email saying that if I want my account back, they removed it. And there's a lot of grammar mistakes. So I'm assuming they're not from this country or English is not their first language, but they wanted $2,000 for me to pay them to get it back, which obviously I am never going to do that. But you know what the most disappointing thing actually is, is that there is nowhere to contact Instagram. There's no customer care number. There's no quick email. And so there's a form you got to fill out. And I probably filled it out like every single day since they want to see your ID, which, you know, we did uh, sent my ID, multiple IDs, my, you know, passport, my driver's license. And like, they are so slow at getting it back. So hopefully I get it back soon. I'm hoping I do. I hope I'm hoping it's not lost forever, but you know what, here's the thing is that, you know, one, one of the things I, I think I learned from this, even though it's just a really shitty situation, I can't have all of my marketing, all of my PR in one section. So, you know, if you're just relying on one thing like Facebook or Instagram, unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of control over that. So building an email list, getting people to your website, getting in a podcast, just, you know, diversify the areas where if you're looking for sharing information or, or you're connecting with people, I wouldn't keep it all on one thing. And you know what, even like, unfortunately, I reached out to people on LinkedIn because I'm like, I'm pretty resourceful. I am going to see if there's anybody that I'm maybe connected to or that works at Instagram on LinkedIn. And I reached out to them and then they sent me an email saying they want five grand for my account to be restored. And like, I'm not paying that. I think it's just a principal thing at this point. Hopefully Instagram on its own. I've heard that sometimes you get, you know, your account restored, but I'll tell you, it takes a long time. It makes me question whether I want to be on Instagram afterwards, but anyways. So 
if you need to reach out to me for now, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm kind of on Facebook. I, I don't love that platform, but you can also send me an email at sarah at sarahlarby.com uh, or contact me, which is on my website, and you can ask your questions there. I also have a voice note uh, that you can leave. If you go to my website, there is a section to leave voice notes. But anyways, look, on that note, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's a, a good wake-up call, and I'm thankful that I have other platforms to be able to connect with you out there and share the information. So anyways, um, but the retreat, um, don't forget if you are planning on going, you know, we are really capping it because it's obviously all inclusive and, and there's going to be activities and we can't have hundreds of people there, but we're capping it and places and spots and, and um, those are filling up pretty quickly. So if you are interested, send me a message on that and then I can send you the link for those three days. Uh, it is going to be a ton of activities. We actually have axe throwing that we have coming on site. We've got a whole bar service coming on site. We have a pontoon boat. So we're going to do pontoon cruises. We've got some great speakers, some workshops, entertainment in the evenings as well. So it is going to be really cool. I hope you enjoy the podcast and I hope to see you at the retreat the Inspire Beach Resort Retreat, which is also called Have Your Cake and Eat It Too. And before we go to our podcast with Michael and Andrea, let's hear from Streetwise Mortgages on the tip of the week. Dahlia, over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. And in the last episode, we started talking about creative financing, where I shared with you the private money strategy. On today's episode, I will share with you my tips on joint ventures, another creative money strategy to grow your portfolio. But first, let's start with what a joint venture is. Joint venture partners are other parties who are interested in investing in real estate with you. They may contribute funds or other skills that complement yours and can improve the performance of the investment or help obtain better financing overall for the venture, which you may not be able to obtain on your own. Many seasoned investors seek joint venture partners who can contribute funds but do not have the time or knowledge to invest in real estate. This strategy can be beneficial as it helps you grow your real estate portfolio to a scale that you may not be able to reach on your own once you have exhausted your own capital and resources. With such a setup, you and your joint venture partners would determine how you can split the returns and manage the risks through a legal agreement referred to as the joint venture agreement, which can be put together with the help of a seasoned lawyer. If you're considering a joint venture strategy, it is really important that you seek qualified partners before you start shopping for properties. Firstly, you need to ensure that their goals align with yours. And secondly, that you have had them review the joint venture agreement before you have a deal at hand and that they've reviewed it with their lawyer, you've ironed out all questions, and most importantly, everyone understands the worst case scenarios, which include death, divorce, bankruptcy, and disputes. In terms of financing, if your joint venture partner is responsible for the down payment and closing costs, then he or she must qualify for the mortgage and be on title as well as on the purchase and sales agreement. It is crucial that your joint venture partner goes through the mortgage pre-qualification process before investing with you. This way, you avoid mortgage surprises in the midst of a deal. 
If you're looking to expand your portfolio using joint venture partners, our team at Streetwise Mortgages offers special solutions and services for this particular strategy, including one, providing you with a complimentary joint venture financing binder to share with your JVs to help them get ready from a financing standpoint. Two, helping pre-position your joint venture partners from a financing point of view to acquire multiple properties and to ensure that they are mortgage ready so your transaction closes fast and smoothly when the time comes. And finally, advising you both on how to best structure the deals to maximize your ability to do more and more deals together. And most importantly, to ensure that you continue to scale personally. When joint ventures are structured incorrectly from a financing standpoint, they can hinder your personal ability to qualify for future financing. To discuss your joint venture growth plans, or if you need guidance on how to best structure your joint venture deals from a financing standpoint, email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Awesome. That was great information. Thank you, Dahlia. Streetwise Mortgages, guys, reach out to Dahlia and her team. They have helped me scale and leave the nine to five job. On that note, let's bring in Michael and Andrea. Michael, Andrea, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Um, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for having us both here today with you. I'm excited. Your first time on a podcast. So let us know like a little bit about you and uh, how you got started in real estate investing. Okay, it's, it's a really long story, but if I condense it, um, I'll make it very interesting for the viewers. Um, so I've been interested in real estate for about 10 years now. And while I was a youth worker out in Barrie, um, one of my coworkers were adding in my ear, continuously talked to me about real estate. I was like, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I get this down payment? And I continuously saved and saved and saved and couldn't figure it out in Barrie because Barrie's market is similar to Toronto, just a smaller scale of Toronto. And then finally, I started to learn some things and I contacted an individual on, um, on YouTube and I learned about the RRSP secret there. I was reading that book. So I contacted an individual talking about that. And since him and I were um, chatting, he's a completely accelerated my education. And I jumped in like, head first. And since, since that, we purchased now, we own four places, eight doors, uh, three of them here in Sioux Lookouts and one in um, Dryden, Ontario. And Andrea, she's coming along for the ride with me. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> I know a little bit um, through my ex-husband, who is a lawyer, so just purchasing our own houses and um, listening to him. But yeah, it's all my call. <laughs> all right, very cool. So where is the CU Lookout? CU Lookout is northwest in Ontario. It is uh, five, four hours west of Thunder Bay and five, five, five and a half, five and a half. Six to five and a half hours east of um, the Manitoba border. Winnipeg. Not Winnipeg. Well, yeah, the Winnipeg. So we're pretty north. All right. I mean, I'm sure there's some, some great cash flow in comparison to more southern Ontario. Can you maybe walk us through like one of your last deals that you've done just to get an idea and a feel for maybe the area and the numbers? Okay, for sure. Well, their most recent purchase is the fourplex, which we have out there on Dryden Highway 17. And uh, we're going to use this as, um, as, a, as a triplex and rent out three of them. And one of the units we're going to use as an Airbnb. So with the cash flow on this one here, out in, out in this area itself, cash flow was just 
the cap on this was a 16 cap immediately without doing anything. So it was a no brainer. That 16 cap is never something that we're used to hearing at all. Like that's like super rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we, when we pair it with the um, Airbnb, it, uh, it increases that cap, increases the cash flow tremendously. <laughs> like if we just operate the Airbnb on its own, it can pay for the building itself. Are there a lot of Airbnbs in that area or are you one of very few? We're one of few. I think we're like the second one. Yeah, I checked it out. It doesn't seem like there are many. Yeah. yeah. Especially one bedroom little apartments. I think there are a couple of people that are renting out rooms but, or just yeah, in their house. So we'll see. And we're right on the highway. So it'll be great. Yeah. So who are some of the people that you, that will rent from you? Like, are they people living up there and they're in between houses? Or are they people that are visiting? Maybe it's family or there, is there like a, I don't know, some kind of a job, maybe some mines or something up there that they come in and, and do some work at? Like, I, I'm just curious. Well, it all depends on which operation you're talking about. If it's the, um, just the rental operation itself, it'll be individuals commuting from Sioux Lookout to Dryden or who live in Dryden themselves. Uh, we like to look for professionals, so people who take their job serious, have worked in their uh, position for a significant amount of time and have proven themselves to be trustworthy based off of our criteria with choosing um, the tenant. Um, right now, we have individuals who work for health units, um, so that's very fortunate. <laughs> one, another one's a kinesiologist. Um, Another one also works for the health unit, but he's in transition with leaving and we're going to be vetting a new uh, individual sometime this week. And uh, for the Airbnb, that operation, we haven't quite determined how we're going to run that operation because it's right on the highway. So we have, we have options there, whether that's going to be a one day, you know, drive in, you're tired, stop for the night and keep going, or we'll do it, a, you know, two or three day minimum, but that could also reduce the the, the, the population of what we're looking for. So we have to play around and see which one works for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th I think it'd be interesting. I, I'm not familiar with the area, but I'm always interested in, in learning about new areas. So just to go back though, because you mentioned the 16 cap, like what was the purchase price, you know, or purchase price as a, you know, a four unit on average? Um, and what's like a rent for like a one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedrooms as average? Okay, so... A fourplex up here after looking around for about a couple months now, I put myself on Facebook and said, I'm looking for this. And I've gotten 500,000, 600,000, 550, 450. And I'm like, okay, we got to figure this one out now. And then I started going on realtor.ca and I saw this one pop up for 199.9. I was like, oh my God, that's a no brainer. I'm tying this thing up immediately. So I tied it up. And um, we got it. We went in with only two conditions. We didn't go in condition of financing. It didn't make sense to do condition of financing. We did home inspection and then insurance. Um, and I know like the home inspector, I know the home inspector himself. So he went in there the following week. We had that done and insurance was done the same time. And we had that place pretty much purchased from the time we said we wanted it. That's interesting. Um, rent itself, rent in, so rent in Sioux Lookout is comparable to Barrie and Toronto, but purchase prices are northern prices here. So that's how you can get such like higher caps and higher um, rent to your purchase price ratios. Um, well, our, our one bedroom here goes for twelve twenty-five. We that 
that's that's 790 square foot. Then we also have a 570 square foot um, single family unit, which we rent for 1050. And then we have another property directly beside us here, um, three bedroom, one bathroom property, and we rent the whole thing for 1600 plus uh, utilities. All right, similar areas to, you know, maybe, I don't know, like a Brantford or like maybe a little bit less, but in, for $199,000 know, house, it's a no brainer. Why, yeah. why do you think that house was 200 grand? Like, why was it so much, you know, cheaper? Did it have, you know, foundation issues? Did it have bigger problems that you had to go and renovate? Or was it just pretty much turnkey and you just happened to get super lucky? Well, it wasn't turnkey. We're in the process of, I mean, we're between houses right now. We live in Trident and here, and we live in the one bedroom apartment. Um, I've, we've gutted the two bedroom unit, which is going to be the, the next rental available. And now we're in the process of um, gutting the upstairs single, which will be the Airbnb. Um, sorry, what was that question again? If you can repeat that. What? Yeah, just in terms of, of like why that house was so much cheaper than something that was like four or five hundred thousand for example. Oh, okay, yeah. There was a bit of foundational issues when you walk into the basement itself. We knew that needed to get get looked after. There's a small um, bit of, uh, I guess, water in the basement as well. And I mean, the house, all the units need to get looked after. Some of the units have like this mean decline in terms of the still it feels like you're in a fun house when you're walking through there <laughs> so we got to take up the flooring and level the flooring up there's some work that needs to get done for sure and also the previous owner he was just done with it he wanted to get rid of it he wanted the money and we made that deal that just he wanted it that was it you figure around a hundred thousand right yeah it's a good, yeah. so at the end it'll be 300 which is still awesome yeah mm -hmm. And we're, caught, we're, we're using the strategy that I've learned from you, which is the first strategy. <laughs> Very cool. Are you doing your renos yourself or are you hiring? We have a contractor, which we've hired. We have a contractor, which we've hired, but um, he hasn't showed up yet. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Northern communities, these um, individuals are just swamped with work and show up whenever they feel like it. So I'm pretty handy. Andrea's learning on the go. So I've got the units myself. And if, they don't show up and I'll start putting things together myself and get it done as well. But the plan at that point, if we could get him in there, would be to create some expenses for us. If not, that our income is going to be just outrageous versus our expenses, which is good, mind you, but on paper, when you submit that income statement. Yeah, earlier about purchasing price and um, the costs here, taxes are fairly high and I can't, I, I can't compare it to um, down south, but Taxes are pretty high here, mm -hmm. so um, that makes a difference as well. Taxes are comparable to Barrie, Ontario. I, I spent most of my, I guess, adolescent life and I guess transition into adult life in Barrie. And, and I grew up in Toronto, so I know those taxes well. And these taxes here are comparable to Barrie, so that eats uh, a bit out of your... And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. This week's podcast is brought to you by usproperties.ca. Are you looking to invest in turnkey U.S. real estate that provides exceptional cash flow and appreciation? If so, reach out to James at james at usproperties.ca or visit the company website usproperties.ca for more information. And now back to the show. Yeah, for sure. So like on, on your $200,000 house, like what's, what are your annual taxes as an example? 4, that one, that one's not a good example. That oh. <laughs> one is, 
Yeah, that one is $2,000, amazingly know, enough. That's really yeah. odd. Like my house, for example, the house we're living in, I pay $3,600 a year. And it's, I mean, it's a four bedroom, mm -hmm. but it's, I mean. For, the, for our duplex, we pay taxes. Not a good example. I don't have the numbers yeah. readily available with me. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure, well, I guess we'll estimate that the mill rate is a lot higher, but there's probably a need for it because there's a lot less people paying taxes. So they need to, mm -hmm. you know, get what they can from, from those up there, I, I suppose. So are you both working additional jobs as well as doing this along the way? For sure. I work at a um, foreign airline uh, and charter airline. So they do, they do charter and medivac, sorry. So charter, medivac, and I, I work in the capacity of technical records. So when it comes to maintenance, I track the individual components on the aircraft and I ensure that the system that we use to track these components are correct for their Hobbs life or airframe life or uh, calendar time to ensure that these parts are taken off, removed, overhauled, repaired in accordance with um, the manufacturer or what Transport Canada suggests that they need to be at. All right, very cool. Andrea, what about you? I'm an educational assistant at the Catholic School Board. And I'm also working on building an MLM business right now. Very cool. So what, what brought you to move from, I guess, further, you know, closer to the GTA to, you know, where you are right now? Interesting, actually. <laughs> so I was out west. Um, so I was, an, I was an educational assistant in Barrie before. And I got to the point where I, I needed to focus on my own life as opposed to managing other individuals' lives. And I, I ended up out west. And while at West, I was like, oh, I need something to like figure my life. I need, I need something to do. So I went on there, like some, some college websites and I came across Georgian's websites and I just like, okay, let me just see what they have to offer. And it felt like a game of, um, was a wheel of fortune. You spin the wheel and it said aviation management. I'm like, huh, sounds cool. Let me just check that out. So I ended up going to school for uh, aviation management, three year advanced, advanced programming with co-op. And my last co-op took me up here to Sioux Lookout, working for the company that I work for now. They actually created the position for me while I was in co-op. Oh, very cool. And it's a, it's a great story. So, so obviously, you know, I don't know what your, what's your population up there? Like how many 55, people? 5,500 people. All right. So 5,500 people. How, where is the closest next big size, like bigger size town? Like where would that be? So Dryden is an hour from us. And that's about... Double that, about 10, 11,000. Yeah. And then we have Thunder Bay, which is four hours away. And then we have, you know, Winnipeg. So you're, you're in a small town, your investors in a small town. Like, are there other investors that are up there as well that you can share ideas and network with? Or are you networking with people from, you know, further away virtually uh, to get your inspiration and, and your education from? Good question. Um, so my mentor itself, he's from Kingston, Ontario, and him and I, we said we haven't spoken in a while. We're going to be call, uh, speaking this Friday coming up, but um, um, our core investors are here in Sioux Lookout. They actually just moved to um, was it Vernon, 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 BC, and they're enjoying their life right now out in Mexico. They're on vacation. They do winters out in Mexico. Um, one of my other um, investors is down Southern Ontario. They're in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, they're in Toronto. And we connect via, how do we connect? We have, we used to have, I guess, Zoom meetings every two weeks on a Tuesday where myself, 
one of my col colleagues from um, school and then her and a few other friends who've since joined the group have connected and we've had that group grow to what it was. There's about five, six of us. And one time we had my mentor come in and speak to the group. I would speak to the group about strategies, how I'm doing it, where I'm looking to grow, what my plan is for growth. And you, um, you connected with someone in Dryden too, who's investing in housing. Yes, yes, yeah, that's, that's correct. I also have a connection out in Dryden as well. <laughs> and he's been, <laughs> I've been chatting back and forth. We actually have this fantastic friendship now, just, and it, 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 I guess the, the, the way it started, he ended up, I had my, um, my advertisement on Facebook there. I'm looking for a, a fourplex or bigger. And five months later, he ended up just texting me out of the blue. Hey, I got this fourplex looking to sell. It's this this price. No, not even. I got a fourplex looking to sell. Make me an offer. I'm like, well, I just want to make a random offer because you're not going to like it first off. So him and I have since connected. I, I didn't make him an offer, um, but we've since connected and, and we've remained friends. Very cool. Are you financing these properties yourselves with your T4 income with a regular bank or are you doing any type of like creative financing? These houses are T4, yeah. We, we've started, I guess with one of them, we were looking at creative financing, but that didn't pull through. So to keep, the, to keep this deal alive, we jumped back to where we knew we could still get it because the creative financing was taking too long. What we did is actually well my line of credit, right? That's yeah. So because I I have this house here yeah. and it's um it's kind of a revolving a mortgage, so it's a line of credit, and um I had quite a bit of room, so we managed actually for the first three houses to borrow the down payment from my line of credit, which yeah. Now it's maxed. Yeah. And now that you say that, it is kind of creative. But now that we don't have the room on the, this house here, what we had done was the other the two previous, the, the two first houses that we purchased, the mortgages that we had, um, it wasn't too, it wasn't expensive to break those. So we had broken those mortgages, rolled them into a new one, as well as a tax revolving line of credits immediately on them. So we had room to borrow. And we used those two to, to finance this new purchase that we have, the fourplex. And now we're using that as well. And in the process of um, uh, getting finance from our, 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 one of our, our lenders and helping out with the, um, the renovations for the fourplex. So I guess you could say creative and team yeah. four. <laughs> we actually, I mean, the housing prices really um, shot up this last year. So mm -hmm. that was in our favor now to refinance those houses within a year. We just bought them. Yeah. And we got some money, good money back. That, that was actually going to be one of my questions, just because obviously it's gone up like 30 to 40% in, you know, I, I think most of Ontario and I wasn't too sure what, mm -hmm. what happened there, but so you guys saw the same type of lift and what about in terms of vacancy? Like, is there zero vacancy in your town? And it's like, literally like you have your pick of all the possible tenants that, that you could want. Legitimately. Sue Lookout is one of those gems that just, you know, that's rare. You, you go digging for it and all of a sudden you hit it and you're like, oh my God, this is the spot for that. Um, there's always it's a transient town so there's always people coming up here if you're a police officer they send you up to northern communities this being one of them to start your career off same with firefighters same with government individuals uh there's the mnr here there's the opp here there's doctors dentists here and people come here to start mm -hmm. their career and there's few like myself who do stay which is why the town population is still so small so there's always going to be that transient population looking for rent 
and you know there's not enough places to rent to supply for individuals mm -hmm. so the next thing possibly in the future to look into would be from um new builds but i haven't learned about that yet so it's still just a you know mm -hmm. distant idea I mean, I'm even thinking like midterm rentals furnished like one to six months where, you know, you don't have to deal with the long, long-term tenants, especially if your rent is going to increase, you know, drastically year over year, just to mm -hmm. have, you know, a few midterms, like that's, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Do you, mm -hmm. do you consider, like, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to listen to this and say, like, I want to figure out how I can get up there. Like, it looks like there's some good opportunity. You, there's no, like, they might not have a team but you, it sounds like you do. Are you open to joint ventures if somebody does reach out? Absolutely. I, I, I actually had one of my buddies with a, um, a drone and him and I had gone around the town as to look at itself and made a, taken a couple of shots to show the new bills in the area, the growth that Sioux Lookout has had. And I want to put like, as on that advertisement, put the prices of, in, of things itself and what the uh, cash flow on these things could look like. So I'm definitely open for joint venture part, uh, partners. There are a few other investors here active. People are building houses and rentals, but we still don't have enough. Um, mm -hmm. I heard too that there was a big company coming in. They purchased uh, by the by the airport. They purchased mm -hmm. a big lot and are planning on putting in more rentals. But they're supposed to be quite expensive too. So. Mm -hmm. um, and MNR had this open lot for the longest time, like long before I moved up. I moved up here three and a half years ago now, and um, they've had this open lot. And there's been talk about someone who had purchased this lot from the MNR, and now they're going to put a multi-unit um, mm -hmm. complex up there as well. But that still won't house the individuals who are going to be coming up here because yeah. it's just ridiculous yeah. the amount of people that are transient there are in people, this town. Uh, there are people that can't come up to work their job because there's not enough housing. Yeah. So then they have to stay in Dryden and do that commute because yeah. there's not enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it is interesting because I think it's, you know, when we look at like what happened in the last two years, like North Bay and Sudbury, like our, you know, everyone's looking at North Bay and Sudbury where two years ago it was just starting. Right. And so like, it's mm -hmm. always about where else is that next opportunity that might not have been announced yet. Right. And, mm -hmm. and from a cash flow perspective, cause we don't know, you know, none of us know uh, even potentially the economic like the the people that study economics for a living where the market's going to go but if you've got you know a, even a four hundred thousand dollar piece of property and it's cash flowing and even if the market goes up and down you know your cash flows your cash flow is going to be there so you know I, I think there's there's some good good things for sure there's other fundamentals as well right so like you we want to see like you know, what the job offering is. You don't want to be in, in one, you know, area where there's one employer and that employer goes mm -hmm. away. And then, so maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing like a little bit of the fundamentals, like what is up there? Is there hospitals? Is there schools, colleges? You know, are, is, has the population grown uh, in the last five years in terms of you know, people moving in? Uh, or is it the other way around? Like if you can share with us, I'm sure everyone's super interested, you know, because it's not a place that many of us know about. Good question. So the population since I've been here, and Andrea might have a different number, mm -hmm. has been 5,500 for the past uh, three and a half years. There is um, the Catholic school board. There is the public school board here. There is, um, Thunder, again, Thunder Bay is four hours. So when people are ready to go uh, graduate from high school, they go to Thunder Bay, which is four hours. There's Confederation College. There's Lakehead University. There's Winnipeg, which is five and a half, six hours away. There's the OPP police station. There's dental 
there is um, government uh, positions, there's gold mines, there's uh, amethyst mines, there's not copper, is it copper? No, no. Hospital also yeah, a really a... brand new, um, big hospital actually in servicing a lot of the northern communities. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people come up here to, um, yeah, actually yeah. nurses like. Sulukat was Lookout. known as the hub of the north. So yeah. picture Toronto on a miniature scale. So the northern communities fly into Sulukat themselves mm -hmm. for the various reasons that they need to be here, whether for schooling, whether for the hospital whether for transition to go somewhere else, they come into this airport here, uh, YXL mm -hmm. in Sioux Lookout. MNR. The MNR, yeah, there's, there's a lot here. And you wouldn't, think of, you wouldn't think there's a lot here because it's a small town that doesn't exist unless you know about it, <laughs> really. And then, well, the summer camps, that's if, uh, if anyone needs a job, Sioux out is it, like, you will yeah. always find a job here. And there's also like fly-in, like fly-in, fly-out camps for like hunting. Mm -hmm. uh, people from the States come here specifically to go to those uh, fly-in lodges, to go hunting, to go fishing, uh, snowmobiling, like you, mm -hmm. anything you can think of, you can legitimately do it up here in this tiny gem of a town. That goes back to your idea of renting out um, rooms or um, small apartments just for a short time in the summer. Um, that's what it actually we're hoping maybe to go for short-term rental with the one bedroom in Dryden because in the summer there'll be some people coming up just wanting to go um, fishing for a week because we are surrounded by lakes and it's, it is very popular for fishing, hunting and yeah. and then there's also the um, the workers for the um, highway workers. Yeah, no, very cool. Yeah. Like a lot of construction in the area, whether it's yeah. Highway 72 yeah. from Sulukat is usually something going on. So there's, very cool. If you can think of it, I'm sure it's around the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, so how has your lives changed since you started investing in, in real estate? And then, you know, what's next? So my life hasn't changed at all. I still work my, I'm not going to call it nine to five. My job is very flexible with hours. Um, I do 7 to 3.30. Um, I come home and at, at that point it's time to be a mad scientist. I put my lab jacket on. I've created my own um, property analyzer, my own performers, my own scorecards to rate these properties based off of different variables of the property, you know, location, amenities, you know, etc. Um, come home. I look forward to cooking dinner for myself and Andrea. I have my little Pomeranian who's passed out beside me right now. I'm not sure if you can hear her snoring, mm -hmm. but she's my world. Um, yeah, I live pretty regular life. What about mm -hmm. yourself? Well, um, really hasn't changed too much. Um, right now, I'm actually not working. I'm on a leave without pay. Um, so that gives me time to um, actually spend quite a bit of time in Dryden. And so often I just stay during the week and try to do painting or I built the kitchens and all the stuff. And then Michael comes after work. So it gives me some more time to help with the rentals and of the house. But we're hoping, I mean, in future, so the hope is that we will, neither one of us will have to work or like full-time job um, and can just travel. We love traveling. So travel and about the income. Sorry. The houses, yeah. yeah my, my ultimate plan would be to get a uh, 50 to 100 units. Um, I haven't determined where that's going to be yet. I just want to look at the numbers, play with them a bit, and see what I can create. And the plan at that point would be to retire all the investors that choose to jump on this deal here. Um, I don't want to have multiple places that need to get looked after. I'd rather have one unit with multiple places within there. 
that way it's, it's, it's I feel like that is less work yeah I mean in, in a sense you're you're probably in a very good spot if you get the right builder the right planner that can that can jump on your team and and you know mm-hmm. the right the right deal that has the right zoning but like I mean that's kind of what I started dabbling into myself because like you said it's just easier to just do it at, you know in a, in a bigger scale but mm-hmm. also it's you know and like you were saying like the bigger deals the 50 to 100 like if you build it from scratch, you know, uh, again, like obviously there's pros and cons to, to each thing, but you can set up your own tenants, pick your own tenants from scratch. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. subject to uh, the rent control unless that changes, right? Because it's going to be a brand new build. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you get to create something that not everybody is competing with you on the same stuff. So I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, that could, that could be a good opportunity. I think you guys are actually very, very well placed for making a lot of things happen because if you're, you know, doing something different or investing in a different area or, you know, investing in a different strategy, creating something, you're kind of going against, you know, what everybody else is competing for the same stuff, which is good for you. Mm-hmm. I, um, I do feel so um, that building our own buildings would be quite a bit more expensive. Um, I, I, Again, I can't compare it to um, down south, um, but building material I feel is more mm-hmm. expensive and even contractors might be more expensive, um, partially because it's so hard to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have, as I said, investors that build houses, but from what I understand, they're actually also contractors. So they built their own buildings, therefore save the money for paying for. Um, I feel it's more cost efficient to buy a used house and even renovate. Yeah. Also properties are not cheap. It's yeah. not necessarily just buying the land. It's not, mm-hmm. not Materials up here are a bit more expensive yeah. too um, because to get them shipped up to here mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got to figure out the best yeah. way and most economical way of um, going about this plan. And competition is not, we don't, we just have, well, what do we have here? Home hardware. Yeah. Just <laughs> we really just have one real store here. So it's yeah, yeah. not too many choices. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, right? Because you've got challenge, different challenges that others don't don't have that you're experiencing, and that having different different challenges, but but different uh, you know pros as well along the way. So that that's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, congrats on your success so far. It's just really inspirational to see how you've you know been able to to grow and do it successfully. Um, so the next part of the podcast is the lightning rounds. So I'm going to ask five questions, and uh, if uh, you can give me the first answer that comes to mind, I'm going to ask each of you, if you have the same answer, you can say same answer. If, uh, if not, feel free to give me yours. Ready? Yes. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at Complete pminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? Oh, (laughs) mine is, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's by Russell Westcott and it's the uh, joint investors for Canadians. Okay. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Or joint ventures for Canadians. Yeah. All right. That's a good book. What about you, Andrea? I have not read one. I go. <laughs> I do the reading. For he the does the reading. I listen to him. Yeah. He tells me about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. No worries. So number two, this doesn't have to be real estate specific, but you have a favorite podcast. Um, a favorite one. I have a couple. Can I give a couple? Sure. Okay. So I listen to yours. I listen to um, um, Irwin. I don't remember his last name. Irwin. Asian guy. 
Yes, Irvin Zito, yeah, and um, Andrew Hines' podcast as well, and as well as well as Russell Westcott's. So those are my four favorite ones I listen to. I really don't listen to many. I listen, used to listen to Oprah, but he's <laughs> <laughs> good fun. Yeah, that's funny. All right, awesome. So Andrea, you can answer the first, the first uh, for the next one. I think you'll have an answer for this. Number three, what do you do for fun aside from work and real estate? Oh, well, we, um, we're quite active. Um, we love to hike. Um, so summers are definitely hiking, uh, cross-country skiing, yeah, sports, working out, squash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely love hiking. I like uh, working out. Running is my biggest hobby. Um, yoga. I've gotten into cross-country skiing with Andrea. She's been doing it for years. I now consider myself a semi-beginner. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. All right, number four. If you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Based off of the information that we've gathered throughout the past, I guess I've gathered through the past years now, I would pick up and do exactly what I've been doing with my life right now. Um, I'm not going to go look for another job. I don't see the purpose in that. I'm not trying to stay just over broke. So I would connect with other individuals, create a, J, uh, a JV partnership and go at it. Um, real estate right now is my favorite business um i'm not sure where the market's going because it's really it's there's a lot of uncertainty around it but i would definitely do my best to traverse it and continuously jump back into real estate because i know it and understand it um yeah i'll just stay with him <laughs> well I'm, I'm i'm personally i'm also building an mlm business right now um and what, well for me right now that kind of did happen because i'm not working um, fortunately, so we are renting out a room and we're um, actually planning on renting out a second room in the house, which helps with covering um, the house costs. So I guess I would go that route and um, follow Michael. <laughs> yeah, we're also in the process of, we have a sunroom here, uh, I guess a one season room. Um, next summer, we're considering uh, renovating that and using that also yeah. as an Airbnb. So we have many different avenues we're pulling from and that's what I would do if we lost all of our money right now and we have well, to start yeah, over okay. again. All right. Very cool. And last question. If somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend that they spend their 50000 Come talk to us and we'll set you up with a fantastic um, units. There's a couple units up here in Sioux Lookout. I don't know if 50000 would be that. That might, yeah, that would be, that, that may be enough depending or it might not be enough. But I mean, I definitely would have some options to present to the individual if they're serious about real estate and we can work to change their life and bring them, I guess, a preferable future with the $50,000. I know I can provide something more meaningful than a mutual fund that would sit there and you get your 3 mm -hmm. to 4% yearly. Okay, very cool. Andre, anything you want to add? No, I'm, I'm with Michael on that, I guess, for a down payment because, well, if you, you need 20% down, but um, he person can partner with us <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. yeah, purchase something together. And again, it is... I mean, it does save having the properties and um, the money coming from them, even though it's really not that much, saves me still, helps me now with covering my cost. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Michael, Andrea, thank you for playing the lightning round. Where can my listeners reach out and find out more? Um, I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Michael S underscore R-E-I. And Andrea? Well. <laughs> She's also on Instagram. She's <laughs> at Andrea dot Romine R O Y M N. Yeah. R O M Y N. R O M Y N. <laughs> <laughs>
Perfect. Amazing. Michael, Andrea, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you and be on the show as well. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid. But as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that work. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.